0: Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, come again. Come again and again and again in your person in your presence in your power come again to us your people we need your presence O god come again but you shall receive power after the holy ghost is come upon you how did jesus know this how could he be absolutely sure that they would receive power? Remember in Luke's introduction of this letter, he states all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Jesus is not a theorist, he doesn't come up with a scientific hypothesis of what may happen or should happen if you put ingredient A and ingredient B together and shake vigorously. He knew this experientially. He knew it because it happened to him. Mike is still hanging out? You got that baby? Jim, come and introduce your new grandson to the body. I am honored, pleased, and proud to introduce to you Joseph Jaden Morris. Jaden Joseph Morris. I've been calling him Joe all week. Jaden Joseph Morris. And Micah will give you the particulars. Let's see how good you are. Hey, I'm his father, but I can get his name right. Uh, Well, Jaden was born... Jaden was born uh, Thursday, January 2nd at 4.49, uh, weighing seven pounds, one ounce. Uh, he was also 20, Bless you. 20 inches and a quarter long, or 20 and a quarter inches long, and uh, he is just
1: the bundle of joy
0: I've always been waiting for. So. And yes, he is a Patriots fan. so jaden joseph means that god has heard our prayers and he's given us an increase notice the new hampshire plaid right away right <laughs> Uh where was I? Jesus knew this experientially. Think. When? When did he know it? Was it at his baptism? In Luke four one, Luke records this Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Or maybe it was after his victories over Satan in the wilderness. Luke four fourteen, Jesus returned in the power, in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him to all the region round about. I think it was something much more dramatic than either of these, much more impacting. You see, the disciples had experienced that power already. Listen to Luke ten. After this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he went and was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. eat what is set before you and here it is heal the sick in it heal the sick in it and say to them the kingdom of god has come near to you now listen to the report that the 72 file in luke 10:17 the 72 returned with joy saying lord even the demons are subject to us in your name He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You see, this is power. This is legitimate power, power over sickness, power over demons, power to tread on your enemy, that is power. And the disciples had experienced that. They had received it from Jesus as a commission and exercised it as he had directed, and it worked. Just what he said would happen actually happened through them. But Jesus said, you shall, future tense, you shall Receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So what is this kingdom power and where did Jesus experience it? I believe he gained it during the three days that his body was in the tomb. Understand that in spiritual warfare, there is an arena of battle that we never see. We may feel the impact of it or even become aware of its influence. For the most part, we are unaware of it. It lies just behind our circumstance and situation. For instance, Daniel in Daniel 10. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Ufaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell on them, and they fled to hide themselves, so I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me, my radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees, and he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. When were his words heard? The first day. The first day. It is now three weeks later. What's the delay? The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. Now, this is—did you hear the description of this guy? Right, he looks like a barrel. His arms and legs are like burnished bronze. I mean, obviously, he's not the guy next door. Right, this is an at least—at least, if it is not the angel of the Lord, it is an angel of the Lord. The prince of Persia which stood me for 21 days. Do you think this is some son of the king of Persia that would stood an angel or the angel of the Lord? No. This is a power and a principality in heavenly places withstanding the purposes of God over Persia, over the people of God who were held captive there. The prince of the kingdom of Persia which stood me 21 days, but Michael who is an archangel, one of the chief princes came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Again, in Revelation 12, we see it. And there was war in heaven. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels. Things happen beyond the veil. Things you'll never see, things you'll, they'll never put on film, things that won't be recorded in the history books. They are heavenly things. Resurrection from the dead is always a metamorphic experience and will always change your impact on and the reaction from other people in either positive or negative ways. It's in John 12, 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead. You all remember the story of Lazarus? Jesus is hanging out up in the Galilee with his with his homies, and a messenger comes and says, Listen, your buddy Lazarus is sick. He says, Oh, he'll be all right. Hangs out for four days. He says, let's go see Lazarus. He's dead. You know, four days in that heat. You know. Right? That's what he was waiting for. This guy's dead, dead. Dead and rotting. Intentional. Very intentional. Okay? Where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised, who Jesus raised from the dead. So Lazarus is a man of resurrection life now, isn't he? There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. I'm going to drop down to verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also. Why? Because he was resurrection life. He had been raised from the dead. They knew that he was dead, dead. He had lived in Bethany all his life. When they rolled away that stone, everyone got the aroma of Lazarus. They knew. He was beyond recovery. This was not just a wake-up. This man was dead and rotting in the ground. They saw him compelled out of the tomb... Not by his own volition because it says that he was wrapped from head to toe in burial linens. That means he couldn't walk. He was like this. But the word of God drew him out of death. Drew him out of destruction into the face of life himself. Into the presence of Jesus Christ. Lazarus come forth. And the resurrection changed everything for Lazarus. The way his neighbors perceived him was now different. It wasn't just that Jesus was in town. Jesus was here, and Lazarus is with him. Something awesome could happen. Resurrection life is active in our midst. It makes a difference. They might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, here's the flip side. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Weren't they already plotting Jesus' death? They just don't like people living. They don't like resurrection life. Yo, know, Paul said that resurrection life is the savor of life to one and the savor of death to another. It's a scary thing to preach the gospel. Because if they say no, if they say no, your preaching becomes the savor of death. Consider that. It's serious business we're in, the souls of men and women. Be careful with how you display the gospel of Jesus Christ through the life that you live. Dr. Richard Eby was a man of no great renown, until the day he fell three stories onto the concrete sidewalk while painting his house. When the EMTs came, they literally scooped his brain back into his shattered skull, and the doctors just stitched it closed for burial. Dr. Eby was dead, but not for long. Several hours later, when they came to wheel his body to the morgue, they found him to be alive and totally healed. Even where they stitched his skull together, there was no scar. Oh, there's a book. Just look for the book. Just Google Dr. Eby. E-B-E-E. E-A-B-E-E. Dr. Eby. Like Lazarus, the news of Dr. Eby's after-death experience and I'm specific here, in heaven with Jesus. It wasn't a tale of I saw a tunnel, I saw a white light, I was drawn to something, I don't know what it is. No, no, he went to heaven, he met Jesus, he walked through heaven, he can tell you the fragrance of heaven, the sounds of heaven, the sights of heaven, it was an amazing detail in his book. His subsequent resurrection from death transformed his life into one of impacting others for Christ around the world. A few years ago, Reinhard Bunkey, how many know Bonnke? Great evangelist in Africa, right? Organization is Christ for All Nations in Africa. He released a video of a local African pastor being raised from the dead after he had been embalmed with formaldehyde. He had no blood. They say his sweat reeked of formaldehyde for months afterwards. Here's an interesting fact the pastor was killed in an auto accident while driving a car with no brakes. The car was a Mercedes Benz. The reason he was driving a Mercedes Benz with no brakes is because he was a pastor. And he understood that it to be a necessary symbol of his pastoral authority. And if you've ever done missions work in Africa, you you understand exactly where he's coming from. It's absolutely true. After his resurrection experience, neither the symbols nor the authority they represented held any importance to him at all. No he also has become a world-impacting witness for Christ and the power of the resurrection. First Peter 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. How many of you are born again? Okay. Do you know why? It's not because you prayed a little sinner's prayer. A little prayer did not get you born again. Okay. This is why. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why you're born again. Because when you pray that little prayer, something connects in the realm that you cannot see. And God lays claim to your life. To an inheritance. And listen to this. To an inheritance. You didn't just get saved. You didn't just get forgiven from your sins. You became part of the family of God. You have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. There's something waiting for you on the other side. You haven't seen it yet. You don't know what it looks like, smells like, or tastes like, but it's there for you. It won't diminish. It won't get defiled. It won't rust. The moth can't eat it. The thief can't steal it. It's there for you, secure in the presence of the living God. It's kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded, through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You think you're saved? You don't know what saved is yet. I don't know what saved is yet because these last times have not come to completion. There is something far greater waiting just around the corner for us in the unseen realm, and it's going to be awesome. Right, now, let me throw, throw a stick in the spokes. If you get to go to heaven, I got good news and bad news. (laughs) The bad news is you got to come back here. The good news is you're coming back to a transformed world. You're going to rule and reign with Christ here on earth in a redeemed world. All of creation is waiting for you guys. Because when we come back with real salvation, everything goes back to Eden. It's going to be good. Right here, it will be good. I wonder what Laconia is going to look like. (laughs) Kingdom power is sent down from heaven, but it emanates from an open grave. Listen, the gospel message is clear. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus gave himself a ransom for many. What does this word gave mean? It means he willingly died. He went into the grave, encountered death, and made his kingdom proclamation. I have come to set the captives free. Listen to First Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, an innocent person for the guilty, so that he could bring you to God. He was put to death in the sphere of the flesh, but was made alive in the sphere of the spirit, in which he went and made a proclamation to those imprisoned spirits. I've come to set you free. This kingdom power Came up out of the tomb not as embracing death, but as conquering death. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 55, O oh death, where is your victory? O oh death, where is your sting? Jesus defeated death, rose up from the grave victorious, and presented life. Life abundant, life eternal, and life that is acceptab- accessible. You shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The Apostle Paul was so aware of the importance of this kingdom power that he said, I die daily. Did Paul have a death wish? I don't think so. I think he had a power wish. And understanding that by daily dying, he was daily resurrected and could function as an overcomer of death itself. Listen to his heart's prayer in Philippians 3.10. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. The life and death battle does not rage on the streets for us. It is not against wild beasts or armed marauders. Our foes are not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in heavenly places, in unseen realms. Our life and death struggle rages in our minds, in our souls, and in our wills. And the place of victory is always reminiscent of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Romans 8, 6 says this For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you, however, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, he will give you the ability to overcome those things that bring death to your life. He will constantly and continually resurrect you by the power of the resurrection to be an overcomer and live a life that is abundant in Christ. Do you want that? I want that. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Does this kingdom power dwell in you? Does the same spirit dwell in you? Can you say yes to that today? In order to be brought back to life, into newness of life, into powerful life, in any area of your kingdom walk, you first have to die. John twelve twenty four. this is Jesus speaking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You've got to die to the self-will. The bringing to death death of the tendencies of the natural man through a willful, Christ-honoring act of submission and humility will always result in a spiritual rebirth that will bring the very life and character of the Spirit of Christ to fruitful abundance in your life and calling. And so Paul prays this awesome prayer to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, Remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Now here's the part that belongs to us. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Everything that Christ is in resurrection, he has invested into the church. You shall receive power, resurrection power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Powers and principalities are under our dominion and rule because he's seated in heavenly places. He is the head. We are the body. I can't detach this thing from my body and be of any value. I may think I want to do something, but my body has to do the doing. Jesus wants to do a lot, but he needs his body to be doing the doing. You need to understand who you are in Christ so that you can do the things that Christ is asking you to do. And it's all about the power of the resurrection. You shall receive power. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And if you need that power today, I just want to invite you to just come up here And find a place to stand and, you know, assume the posture. Posture of humility and openness before the Lord. We're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask him to begin to pour out the power of the resurrection into our lives. I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what your hopes or dreams are. I don't know if you're afflicted, inflicted, infected. Whatever it is, he knows and he has the ability. It's his power that's going to deliver you. If you need his power today, I want you to come up, and we're going to wait on the spirit together. So as I begin to pray, just find a spot. Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place. We invite you to come. Lord, we're like dead men walking, but not to execution, O God, but to newness of life, into new birth into new power, into deliverance, into freedom. Liberty, oh God. Holy Spirit, come. We wait on your presence. Hmm. We wait on your presence. Come as the power, the anointing. Lord, to each one, you know each need. Lord, they've come to present themselves before you. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, there are some still seated who so desire, O God, to be touched by you. Lord, posture is one thing, but the heart is another. Look upon our hearts, O God, and move freely through this congregation, O God, and begin to bless with power from on high. Baptize those, O God, whose hearts are open. Bring the power of the resurrection into play today, O God. Deliver us from ourselves and the things that beset us, O God. Set us at liberty to be all that you've called us to be. Give us the power to make the choice to not sin. The power to make the choice to do the right thing. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Now, there's an anointing in this room right now, and I feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to move amongst the body. If you feel like you have some ministry for someone, I just want to release you to get up and begin to pray for that person or minister to that person. Just be uh, real careful how you handle one another. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through you. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. There are several here who need the baptism of the Holy Spirit with, with real power. If you have said in the last three weeks, I would really like to be touched by the Holy Spirit in a way that I just lose control of myself, that he is so evident that I have no control over me. I want you to come up. I want to pray for you. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to really invest himself into some people in very profound ways with real power. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit Thank you Lord I'm going to ask my students to come up and begin to minister ask the Lord to give you the reading on the anointings that are floating around up here and begin to just move out of that Uh, you're welcome to stay and and pray Um, if you do please be quiet Uh, if you need to go You're dismissed to do that. The Lord bless you and uh, keep you, and may you just feel his presence and power throughout the week. You're dismissed.